Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. And I'm so excited. Today is our third message out of Galatians chapter 5. The series has been Keep Us In Step. How many want to be in step with the Spirit of God? Amen. Hallelujah. And today we're going to land on the ultimate goal of walking in the Spirit. What is the ultimate goal of walking in the Spirit? The ultimate goal of walking in the Spirit is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. God wants us to bear fruit for His glory. And listen to this. Walking in the Spirit brings about the fulfillment of one of the most coveted promises of the Bible. You ever read a promise given to somebody in the Bible and say, man, Lord, I wish you would give me that promise. I mean, it is for you, but like, Lord, I want that promise. So you know what one of my my biggies when I read the scriptures is the promise that he gave to the father of faith. The promise that's available to all of us. When God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. I'm not only going to bless you, but I'm going to make you a blessing. I would say that that is the ultimate for our days on the earth. Wouldn't it be amazing if God not just blesses you, but that God also makes you a blessing? In Philadelphia, do you want to be blessed, but also to become a blessing wherever you go? Bearing the fruit of the Spirit actually blesses you and then makes you a blessing. And I'm going to unpack this today. And so we're going to read Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice, look up here for just one moment. Your flesh produces works. The Holy Spirit Walking in the Spirit produces fruit. Okay? One is an expression of appetites, but the other is more of the outflow of of staying attached and walking connected to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Fruit is an expression of life. The flesh, the works of the flesh, are more the impulses of your lower nature, but fruit represents life between you and God. How many want, to, how, how many want the life between you and God to bear great fruit? <laughs> Hallelujah. Only the Holy Spirit can produce fruit. It says, but the fruit of the, uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, and it's categorized in this way, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
There is no law against these. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're fulfilling the law of God. When you're walking in the Spirit, you are walking according to the will of God. Now, this is a very interesting verse that I want to highlight up front, and I'll refer to it later on. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So part of the reason that you can bear the fruit of the Spirit and walk in victory is because when you are born again, part of the reason that you're baptized, when you are baptized, you said, I went down, I go down into the waters like Jesus went into the grave. And when Jesus went into the grave, he conquered sin and death. How many are happy about that today? But then when he rose, when he, when he, uh, he paid the price, but then when he rose to life, he conquered sin and death. The resurrection conquered sin and death. And in the new life, you and I can walk in victory over the old man and our lower nature. And so one of the things I'll be saying to you a little later, and you can say when your flesh uh, arises inside of you in the days ahead, and it always does, you can say, by faith, I died to that. By faith, that was crucified on the cross. Romans chapter six talks about this. We are dead to sin and alive to God. And the faith life releases all of the power that you and I need to actually walk in victory. So it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so we're going to be going over these three groups of the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is made to be a blessing to you, and the fruit of the Spirit is made to make you a blessing. Okay? So the title of today's message is Walking in Blessing. Anybody here want to walk in the blessing of God? Come on, can I see your hands? You want to walk? In Philadelphia, do you want to walk in the blessing of God? Here's the key. Walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you actually walk in the blessing of God. And this is so wonderful and so powerful. I want to highlight to you again that as you walk around, okay, as you're walking around, if you're walking in the Spirit, if you're walking attached to God and close to God, then something should be flowing up to you. You should be Something should be flowing out of you, and what's flowing out of you should be the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why you should start your day with Jesus, end your day with Jesus, and then walk out your entire day with Jesus. So when you say that, what are you talking about? You're talking about walking in the Spirit. How are you walking around? Literally, that word in the Greek is, uh, it's called parapateo. It's how we walk around. When you walk in the Spirit, you will become a blessing. Now, there's a couple things that I want to say about this particular issue. I want us to analyze the fact that God describes 
even though you're moving around, God describes your walk with him as if you were a tree. Let me read from Psalm 1 one more time. Look at what Psalm 1 says. It says, you know what? I'm going to skip the first two, jump right to three. And it says, that person, everybody say that person. That person should be you and me. It's not every person, but that person should be you and me. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its, everyone, fruit. Okay, fruit. So, so God is taking a, a natural example to describe a spiritual possibility for you and I. No matter what you're facing in Philadelphia, the spiritual possibility, the will of God is that your life would be like a tree planted by streams of water and that you yield fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see why is because when you walk in the spirit, you, you become like a tree. And when you become like this kind of tree, you're bearing fruit in season. Whatever you do prospers, which means not only are you blessed, but you become a blessing. That's the imagery that God gives us. Psalm 1 is so powerful in its description of who you and I could be if we walk in the Spirit. You're a moving tree. The trees in the park can't move, but you can move. Why? It's because your rootedness is not in the natural world. Your rootedness is in the spiritual one. You're rooted in God. Okay? And God is everywhere. How many would say amen? amen. So let me just say a couple things about this. Number one, trees are made for bearing fruit and many different types of fruit. So what's unique to nature is in nature, apple trees give forth apples and orange, oranges and on and on and on. But in the spirit realm, you and I can bear a variety because it's supernatural. The natural is limited. The supernatural is unlimited. Somebody say amen to that. You've got to say amen to what God can do in you and through you. Does anybody expect the supernatural? Come on in Philadelphia. Are you expecting the supernatural to flow through your life? Don't limit what God says is unlimited. You see? And so we, we, can, we are meant to, to bear nine different types of fruit and when you look at trees, there's a couple things that, that should come to mind. Number one, trees represent a process, and then trees represent a cycle. Okay? So let's talk about this uh, uh, for a moment. When you think about the process, the process means that it goes from seed all the way to fruit. Could you give me the next slide here? Okay? It goes so... So it starts like a little bit, teeny tiny. And if you're here and you're new in Christ and you're like, man, man, God has a lot of work to do with me. Guess what? After you're walking with God 40 years, you'll say the same thing. 
I can testify personally to that, you know? But here's the thing, but you will grow and you will mature. You will grow and you will mature. In the kingdom of God, spiritually speaking, you go from, be, from being a babe in Christ to a person who's mature in Christ. Hebrews talks about that. The real challenge is, is in some, Hebrews says in some, I'm not going to quote, you know, uh, put it up for you. But listen, in some places, the Bible says, uh, uh, by this time you should be teachers and you're still like babes. And so what that means, though, is that the, the process of this, so it goes from a little tiny seed in the soil and little, little starts to grow. And then at a certain point, you start to bear fruit. Okay, so understand if you're growing in God, be patient with what God is doing in your life. I remember I was just talking to, uh, uh, I was talking to one of the CSL students who was saying, I, I get so frustrated sometimes because I, I, I want to see more in the Bible. I want to understand more. And I was like, chill. <laughs> when you're hungry for God and you take in the word of God, like for me, I go back go back all of these years. I, never, I, would, I would be listening past Simla's preaching and, um, and he would unpack a message and I was like, I just read that this week. I didn't see any of that. It's like, chill, let the seeds grow. Okay, the seeds will grow and over time, you're going to get strong in God. The, the roots are going. See, notice, right, over here, it's just this beginning of roots. Look at those roots. Give time to let your roots go down deep. If you want to know what to focus on, life, focus on this process. Somebody, come on, somebody say amen. Now, in addition to that, when you finally start to really bear fruit, that fruit contains seeds. Okay, that fruit contains seeds. And let me tell you something about bearing fruit. And please listen closely to me. Okay, please dial into this. Because we live in a day that is so about now. And so about here, okay, that many of us can miss the boat. Don't miss it. Okay? We are not living for this life. We're living for the life to come. We're living for the day that we stand before God and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Heaven and earth will pass away. But whoever does the will of God will abide forever. The things that you do for God will stand forever. So watch this. This is amazing. The average apple tree produces about 300 apples in a growing season. That's about 1,500 seeds per season. Those 1,500 seeds will then potentially produce 
450,000 apples. And another 2,250,000 seeds. Each seed can produce another apple tree and the cycle continues. Why am I reading this to you? Here's why. It's because in this life, you may not become a superstar. In this life, you may not become famous. In this life, people may not understand. But in the spirit realm, if you will bear fruit, your fruit will sow seeds. And those seeds are going to shock you on that day at the kind of impact that you made for all eternity. You're bearing an apple today. You say it's just an apple, but that apple is sowing seeds. And you give today, and you serve today, and you love today, and you care today. And all you see is what you did today. But you don't realize God can give you one anointed sentence that can change a life, that can change a generation, that can reach millions of people by one seed. And on that day, you will be blown away at the impact that your life actually made if you just focus on bearing fruit for the master's glory, fruit that will last. How many want to bear fruit that will last? Come on, put your hands together. See, it's so funny. Uh, um, we... We understand this in some cases, we understand this at a little bit, I, at, at a, a simple level. Like I was, I was in, I spoke in Dallas uh, in the middle of the week this past week and I ran into my buddy who I played baseball with and we were talking about how intense we were about sports, which makes us very intense about the ministry. Okay, I used to go to the beach with my buddies. We used to go to the beach. We used to run from one side of, of Manhattan Beach to the other in the sand because the, they said that gets you strong or whatever. We, we did all kind of crazy things. Okay, we, were in the, we didn't have park. My mom would take, these, take socks that we would tear up in baseball, sew them up into the little balls, and we would do, on the roof, on the little wall, we'd be hitting those socks off the wall. We were like, we were crazy. We didn't have all the stuff, the nice equipment that people had, but we made the most of it. We're talking about how intense we are right, for a baseball game. And then one of the things I used to love to do is Friday night, one of my, I love running at 10.30 Friday night. Because at 10.30 on Friday night, my friends would go clubbing. And I, was, and I would go, I would put my sneakers on, run five, eight miles. And while I was running, I used to, I used to be hoping that every baseball player that I was going to face, I was like, I hope they're at a party. <laughs> and I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, do I hope they're at a party? Because tomorrow the party is mine. Come on, somebody say amen. And when you're mowing those guys down, you say, like, I'm ready and you're not. But you know what? That is great for baseball. But let me tell you something. You don't know the party that we're going to have when we see Jesus. Come on, is anybody living for that party? Anybody ready? Could we clap for a moment? Could we say, yes, Lord, come, Jesus, come, Jesus. We're ready for that party, oh God. Are you ready for the party? 
I'm telling you right now, if you're living for the wrong party, switch gears. Get out of the flesh, start walking in the spirit. There's a parable about 10, virgin, 10 virgins and, and, and five uh, were, were waiting for the master to come. And the other, they had their oil, they needed lamps and all that. And the other five, they wasted time. Don't waste time. Jesus talks about this. Go look up the, par- the parable of the 10 virgins. Because when, 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 when the master comes, they have, they're saying, give me some oil. Give me some oil. They're like, too late. Go buy the oil. It's too late. I'm not missing this one. You know, I want to be with Jesus. Anybody here want to be with Jesus on that day? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'll serve Jesus tomorrow. I'll walk in the spirit tomorrow. You're fooling yourself. And you're living for the wrong party. Come on, that came from someplace. Hallelujah. (laughs) So look, I want to pray right now. And I want to ask God to give us an eternal perspective. I want to ask God to make us wise. Okay, putting your energy this week into walking in the spirit, it's the wisest thing that you could do. It's the wisest way to live. There's nothing better than walking in the Spirit, okay? Because when you walk in the Spirit, look, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, I didn't choose, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. He said, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, but not worldly fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. So I want to pray. Everyone can bear the fruit of the Spirit if you walk in the Spirit. Every single believer, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself. Okay, you're like, well, just start sowing the seed. Start seeking God. Okay? Start letting God have his way. And you will start to bear fruit for his glory. In Philadelphia, if you're watching online, come on, right here, let's lift our hands for just a moment. Father, we love you. Father, we we live for the day that we see you face to face. God, we're living, oh God, for that great celebration. God, we can't wait to sit at the table of the great uh, 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 marriage supper of the Lamb. We thank you, Lord, that you have already reserved a seat for us. And Father, we want to show up on that day and we want to have fruit that lasts. So help young people today. Help single moms. Help single dads. Help people from all walks of life. God, I pray for senior citizens today. I pray that they would not... Give up, oh God, the intensity of walking in the Spirit. I pray that young people would not belittle, oh God, walking in the Spirit because only when we walk in the Spirit can we bear fruit that will last. So bless us, help us. We thank you that only by the Holy Spirit can we bear fruit and the Holy Spirit is called the great helper. So help every life, help us in all of our ways. Bless our time. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, now we're going to break down the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, I told you that there were these groups, okay? And so the Word and the Spirit together at work in our lives bear fruit in these three different categories. First is love, joy, peace. And in this case, the fruit of the Spirit is internal and it blesses you. Okay, the first three fruits of the Spirit are the keys to dealing with your personal well-being and stress. Okay, love, joy, peace is for you. God wants us internally to be walking around in his love. John 15 says, remain in my love, love. Love produces joy. Love and joy naturally lead to peace. You understand? And the first three are literally just for you. It doesn't mean that you don't end up loving people and that people are not impacted by your joy and people are like moved by how you can walk in peace. But the truth of the matter is, is that when it comes to bearing fruit, it's you first. How you are doing with God goes first in the eyes of God and in the heart of God. God wants you to be doing well. God wants to give you love inside. God wants to give you joy inside. God wants to give you peace inside. Notice God. My wife said this in a, in a she was speaking to a, a, a number of women recently and I heard her say, God cares more about how you're doing than what you're doing for God. And God wants you and I to walk in love and joy and peace. And I want to highlight Love, I do that often, okay, because of how important love is. Love is a big deal. Yes, it will impact your marriage. It will impact your friendships. It will impact all kinds of things. When you have love, joy, and peace, it will be better than a big house. It will be better than nice cars. It will be better than great promotions. Love, joy, and peace are huge keys to personal health and wholeness. How do you get healthy and whole? The three fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Okay? So let me just say this. Out of all the fruit of the Spirit, love is the one that Jesus says we should remain in. Okay? Paul said that love is the most excellent way. Love is the one that John said is the essence of who God is. God is love. And one of the reasons why I emphasize love so much, listen closely to this, is because love is also the indicator by which people are remaining in God or falling away. The Bible says, in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Okay? The love of many will grow cold. And we live in a culture that justifies not loving. But that should not be for the case of every believer. How many know God is love? And if God is love and God is inside of us, we should experience his love and we should walk in love. Somebody say amen to that, please. 
This is a big deal. Listen to, this is from the 1600s. Look at uh, uh, how William Law spoke about love. He said, the spirit of love originates in God's eternal will, which only desires all goodness. He is the one eternal, immutable God who does not change from eternity to eternity, who can desire neither more nor less nor anything else but all the goodness that is in himself and can come from him. Let me explain. Here's how he illustrates this. It's much more possible for the sun to give forth darkness than for God to do or be or give forth anything but blessing and goodness. God is love. God is love. And when you are remaining in the love of God, it just changes your overall internal well-being. So the first three. So, so what am I saying here? What I'm saying here is this week, as you go from, this, from today's service, just know when stress abounds, when things start to attack you and all of the above, find your way to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I want to remain in your love. And God, I'm asking you for the fruit of love, of joy, and peace. Don't look for it anyplace else. Don't think that solving that issue is going to do it. It won't do it. There'll always be something else to rob your peace. But how many know when you have peace, the peace that I give you, it comes from God. Nobody else can take that away. How many would say amen? It's a big deal. Number two, number two then, uh, uh, the second cluster, patience, kindness, goodness. This is where the fruit of the Spirit is relational and it makes you a blessing. So the fruit of the Spirit is internal, and it blesses you, but then the fruit of the Spirit is relational, and it makes you a blessing. What fruit makes you a blessing? Patience, kindness, and goodness. When you reflect that you've been with God, been in the presence of God, part of what is happening is you're bearing the fruit of patience, kindness, and goodness. It's so funny because relationships are so difficult to navigate. Would somebody say amen to that? Amen. Right? So difficult to navigate. But the fruit of the Spirit gives us the, 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 uh, the essence, the, the grace. The fruit of the Spirit gives us the will the will, right? The fruit of the Spirit gives us the will. It means that even though in your flesh you don't want to, the Spirit says, as it takes control, it says, okay, you didn't want to, but now you do. So the fruit of the Spirit in your relationships can give you the will to be patient with people. Maybe you can't be patient with people, but the fruit of the Spirit can make you patient. In your flesh, you can't do it, but in this, I, I just, I've laughed. Um, I remember when I, I first became a Christian, I started hanging out with, 
with Chrissy. We weren't even uh, uh, dating yet, but I was around and I saw Pastor Simbla once and I could tell that some deal was driving him nuts. And he, I watched him go like this. He went, he went. How many know sometimes that that is the fruit of the Spirit right there? Come on, somebody say amen. And I'm like laughing on the inside if it has a symbol until I find myself going. Right? So the other thing is the fruit of the Spirit gives us the will to be kind to people. How do you love your enemy? How are you kind to your enemy? It's by the fruit of the Spirit. It's not by your fruit. It's not by your will. It's by the Holy Spirit influencing your will so you bear the fruit of kindness. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it's possible. If you're in the Spirit, it's possible. If we're not in the Spirit, not possible. But when we're in the Spirit, it's possible. Number three, the fruit of the Spirit gives us the will to strive for what's good and best for all people. God can do something inside of you that at all times you could just want what's best for them. That's, we're not oriented that way in the natural, but can I tell you something? In the supernatural, it is possible. I wanna, I wanna take some advice right now from a man that I call the Apostle of Kindness, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is the Apostle of Kindness. How many of you say amen? And um, it's, you know, when you look at a man like Mr. Rogers, I'm gonna play something for you in a moment, but when you look at a man like Mr. Rogers, you're like, well, he's just different. You know, he's never frustrated. He's never, he's just different. You know what I'm saying? No, the, there's a grace that comes. And without that, there is, we just can't do it. Can we, can we play uh, uh, that? So many people have asked me, do you ever get mad? And of course I answer, well, yes, everyone gets mad sometimes. The important thing is what we do with the mad that we feel in life. A few weeks ago, on my way home from a particularly tough day at work, I stopped to see my two grandsons. Their mom and dad weren't there, but the boys were there with the babysitter in the backyard, squirting water with hoses. I could see that they were really having fun. But I felt I needed to let them know that I didn't want to be squirted. So I told them so. And little by little, I could feel that the older boy, Alexander, was testing the limit until finally his hose was squirting very close to where I was standing. I said to him in my harshest voice, okay, that's it, Alexander, turn off the water, you've had it. He did as I told him, said he was sorry, and looked very sad. The more I thought about it, the sadder I got. I realized that Alexander had not squirted me and that I had stepped into his and his brother's play with a lot of feelings left over from work. 
So when I got home, I just called Alexander on the phone. I told him I felt awful about my visit with him. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I was taking out my anger from work on him. I told him I was really sorry. Do you know how he answered me? He said, oh, Bubba, he calls me Bubba. Oh, Bubba, everybody makes mistakes sometimes. I nearly cried. I was so touched by his naturally generous heart. And I realized that if I hadn't called him, I might not have ever received that wonderful gift of Alexander's sweet forgiveness. Of course. Mr. Rogers strikes again and convicts everybody. <laughs> you know, when I was reading earlier, I talked about that our old nature has been crucified with Christ. And um, that is a classic example of when you're maturing in God, sometimes you don't always stay in the spirit. Right? Some, I mean, I'm like, wow, Mr. Rogers, you, you felt sad over that? <laughs> but some people are more mature than others. Let's just say it that way, right? Um, I'm like, boy, don't even get that hose next to, you know. Yeah, so thank you. Make me like Mr. Rogers, Jesus. Right? So, but here's the thing. Okay, listen in Philadelphia. If you're watching online, listen. Because we have a sinful nature, fallen nature, when a work of the flesh pops up and you miss the opportunity to bear the fruit of the Spirit, just apologize. Part of the way you crucify the old man is by repenting. Say, you know what? I want to take that back. I want to, I missed an opportunity to be godly. I want to take that back. You know, uh, honey, I'm sorry. My friend, I'm sorry. Um, I let you down. And the other thing is, is if you've been, remember patience means that people can hurt you. When people hurt you, it's a big deal. When people hurt you, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, you can forgive them, you can let it go, you can release them. Look at what this is my favorite Puritan. Thomas Manton said this. Patience is a sense of afflictions handled without complaining and of injuries accepted without revenge. Long-suffering is patience extended until it finishes its work. And James that says patience has to finish its work. So it's funny because sometimes someone might be trying your patience, but the Holy Spirit is actually using that to grow your patience so that you could become mature, complete, not lacking anything. 
It's amazing. Why? It's because the character of God is more important than anything else. So we're living in a day, you know, we're living in a day in the church where we want the power of God, which we should. We should want the power of God, okay? The, the outpouring of power is for service. The fruit of the Spirit is for character. And we're living in a day where we're seeking God for words, we're seeking God for visions, we're seeking God for power, but are we seeking Him for character? We need character. In the end, listen, in the end, godliness is king. In the, in the kingdom of God, being godly. There's nothing like being godly. You should think a lot about being godly. I, I, I want to think, I want to I be godly. I want to be like the Lord. You know, I want to, from the inside out, I want to be godly. That is what pleases him that we would be like him. He, he, it, he wants to conform us into his image. And all of these things happen as we are relating to people. And so remember, you want people to be patient with you, but you need to be patient with people. I wanna say this to you. If you've been holding a grudge against someone for a long time, you should let that grudge go. Somebody say amen. When we let people go, we're not diminishing what they did. What we're doing is we are exalting what Jesus did. That's how you triumph over traumatic experiences, is you exalt what Jesus has done so that you could be released as well as you release the other person. Okay, so here's the, the, the last thing. Then the last fruit are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the last fruit are the keys to maintaining personal victory, and here's why. That these three fruits of the Spirit are directional. Why? Because they keep you in blessing. So uh, one commentator said, uh, the fruit of the Spirit are inward, outward, and the last one are upward. See, without the last three, you can't keep walking in the Spirit. Without the last three, what happens is, is you depart from the direction of the Holy Spirit without the last three, without faithfulness, gentleness, which actually means humble and meek. Okay, we're living in a day where people, they, they devalue a humble or a meek person. But blessed are the meek, the Bible says. It's the, to be meek means, means, means that you have control. It means that you can wait. You don't have to take, you don't have to grasp. You can wait, right? Uh, and then obviously, self-control. This is the fruit that you and I need so that we can win all of our battles. 
This is the fruit that helps us stand no matter what's going on in our lives. You have to understand that when you leave here, there are all sorts of forces coming at your life and those forces are trying to get you moving in a direction that is opposite from the Holy Spirit. My brother, my brother, come on up here. You look so nice. Come on up here for a second. Come on. This brother brought his Sunday best today. Let's go. Come on, let's put our hands together. <laughs> hey, bro, how are you? <laughs> this dude is jacked too. He's so strong. He almost broke my ribs just now when he hugged. He said, All right, so listen. So he's the Holy Spirit, right? Stand right there. So let's say he's going to walk towards the keyboard. I'm supposed to be like this, right? Right? So start walking towards the keyboard. So I'm trying to walk in step with him. But then somebody does something I don't like. Somebody who's supposed to be my friend. And I'm like, I'm not going to be faithful to them anymore. So he's over there. I'm over here. Or, or, for example, for example... Let's say he's walking that way, right? And I'm supposed to be walking with him. But someone says something to me that makes me lose my humility. And I get proud and I'm like, I'm, not, I'm ready to shove this one and I'm already shoving him. Right? Because you know, you've, been, you've all been there when the Holy Spirit is going, no, no, no. You're like, like, I can handle this. And we don't understand. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. The closer you are to God, the more love, joy, peace you have. But at the same time, the closer you are to God, when you do that little shove, your spirit goes, ouch, because the spirit is inside of you. The Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How many want to plead? Spirit. Somebody say amen. Thank you, brother. Now, here's what this kind of fundamentally means, right? I have an illustration for you. In, uh, I believe it was 2002, his name was Matt Emmons. He was a competitive Olympic rifle shooter. He had one more shot. I'm just going to tell you, he had one more shot. He was leading by a country mile. He was beating everybody. This is the Olympics. One more shot. If he just hits the target, doesn't have to hit the bullseye. If he just hits the target, he wins the gold medal. So he takes aim and he locks in. He fires. He hits a bullseye. And when he hits a bullseye, he looks for the machine to register. The machine doesn't register. Looks back at the judges like, what in the world is wrong with this? What's going on here? And everybody's like, oh no. And he's like, what's wrong? I hit it right in the center. And what happened was he actually hit the wrong bullseye. Okay, let me show you what it, what it looked like. Okay, so that's his target. 
he hit that target, he got a 10.1. If he just hit the basic target, right, an 8.1 would have won it. If he just hit the basic target, he would have won the gold medal. He was that far ahead. But he missed the target because he shot in the wrong direction. Okay, he missed the gold. So the thing that we need to understand, especially with the last three, is it doesn't matter what direction the world is going in. You're better off losing an exchange with someone, but staying in the direction of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And winning the argument, putting the person down or take that or whatever it is, but you're missing the target. Lord, make us godly. Make us godly in Philadelphia. Make us godly in Chicago. Make us godly wherever we find ourselves. We need to be godly. Godly.